Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Now I want to share some things that were kind of stirred up in me during uh, the meetings last week. I'm going to take and draw from uh, things that other people said, but they fit right in with what uh, God has led us into in the last couple of years concerning revival and concerning this move of God that the Lord stirred up in us uh, so clearly uh, two years ago, praise the Lord, two and a half years ago. And so in Matthew chapter three, let's just begin in verse number one. It says that in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is he who spoke, uh, who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, "The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight." It says that J- that John came preaching and saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." This is the first time the expression "kingdom of heaven" is found in the Bible. And it's actually based upon Daniel. Let's turn real quick over to Daniel chapter 7. Turn with me, if you would, to Daniel chapter 7. And let's look at verse number 13 and 14. Daniel 7 verse 13 says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancients of, ancient of days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Then all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. This, of course, is a prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And like I said, the expression kingdom of heaven Uh, is found for the first time where we read it this morning where it says that John came preaching the kingdom of heaven. And uh, the expression the kingdom of heaven is also only found in the book of Matthew. It's something distinctive to this this particular uh, version or this gospel and this account of Jesus' earthly life. And we know that the the gospel of Matthew was uh, especially presented to the Jewish nation to present Jesus as their king. But there's something about the kingdom of heaven and the coming of the Son of Man. It's said over in in Daniel 7 that all nations would come to him. And so the kingdom of heaven is especially... Now you see the expression kingdom of God in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, the epistles, all through the New Testament. The kingdom of heaven only began to be preached when Jesus came. And it has to do with his coming to the earth to set up his kingdom. Now what was not so so clear in the Old Testament was that his coming would be in two advents. That he would come once, that he would go away and come again. It's there in the Old Testament but not as clear. They saw him coming one time. But the reason he came once and then left to come back is the nation of Israel was going to have to reject him 
He was going to have to be offered up on the cross to pay the penalty for man's sin. He was to be received into heaven and because the Jewish nation rejected him as their king, glory to God, because of that became the, the, the riches of the Gentiles. The, the gospel was then presented to the Gentiles. It spread all over the world and it's the only way in God's plan that the whole world could take part in the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven has to do with the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the setup of his kingdom. Now it says that John came preaching and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This was something, this signaled something brand new. The Bible says that the law prophesied uh, uh, from the Old Testament and the prophets, they prophesied up to John. But after John, the kingdom of heaven was preached. This signaled a new day. When John stepped out and began to proclaim the, the, the coming of the Lord and pro proclaim the kingdom of heaven, it signaled a new work, a new time, a new move. It signaled a revival that is still unfolding today. Now we hear a lot and we have heard a lot about the prophecies of men uh, uh, of, of reputation, even in our own time and in the last 100 years, talking about a great end time, last day revival, a last day move of God. And we're, sometimes we wonder, well, why has it taken so long? Why has, you know, Brother Hagin prophesied and he talked about it. He said it's coming. And he even said he believed that, that this aspect of it began in 1982. Why has it taken so long? You have to understand that it's all part of the end times and it was signaled when John stood up and began to preach the coming of the Lord. Glory to God. He said, there's one coming after me that I'm not worthy to even stoop down and, and, and fasten his sandals. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire, John's, his ministry signaled a turning point in humanity. His ministry introduced the Lord Jesus Christ and really introduced the last days because everything that's come since then has come to fulfill the time when he returns to catch us away and then returns again in clouds of glory to set up his earthly kingdom here on this earth, amen? Glory to God. It's a new day, a new approach to God, a new way of worship. Jesus said the old is past, glory to God. He said it's now time that those who worship, worship me in spirit and in truth, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Turn with me now, if you would, to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, praise the Lord. <clears throat> Matthew 11, and let's start in verse number seven. Matthew 11, verse seven. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, this is John the Baptist, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before your face 
who will prepare your way before you. Therefore, assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen a greater one than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Like I said, the kingdom of heaven began with the preaching of John the Baptist. And it says here that glory to God. In verse 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied unto John. And if you are willing to receive it, it is it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. What in the world does that mean? The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The NIV says the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. The New Century Translation says the kingdom of heaven has been going forward in strength. It's suffering violence. It's permitting and allowing and enduring violence. And he said the violent take it by force. The violent take it by force. Do we have any violent people this morning? The Amplified Bible says, and violent men seize it by force. As a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. I tell you what, this revival that John began to preach from the days of his preaching, the kingdom of heaven came and began to unfold on earth. And it said that, that this, the kingdom of heaven had suffered violence and it continued to suffer violence. And violent people took it by force. That means aggressiveness. If we're gonna lay hold of the revival for these last days, we're gonna have to be violent in our taking. We're gonna have to seize it with ardent desire, with vehement desire, strong pressing into it. Amen. Rise up and lay hold of it. Faith takes hold of things. I said faith takes hold of things. Faith is not weak-willed, mealy-mouthed. Well, I believe I've received my healing, praise the Lord. No, faith says it's mine, glory to God. And I'll stand up and I'll fight the fight of faith and I'll stand in the face of darkness and I'll not give in. I'll not give in to one temptation. I'll not give in to one symptom. I'll not lay down for a minute. I'll not give up for an hour. I'll declare that I, what God says is mine, is mine. I'll take it by force. There's too many people that are weak in their faith. They just say, well, praise the Lord. I just believe I receive. That's not what faith does. Faith acts like it's received. Faith takes advantage of all that God has promised and stands up when it doesn't feel like it and says, I don't care how I feel. I don't care what my pocketbook looks like. I don't care what the bank account looks like. I don't care what my mom and daddy said. I don't care what other people say. I'm gonna take what's mine, glory to God. Hallelujah. Faith takes advantage of everything. 
You can't be strong in faith and be weak in, in the blessings of God just because you think you don't need it. You can't stand in faith for your healing and being and be and be uh, unconcerned about somebody else's blessing. Just because you don't need anything. Faith takes hold of everything. I tell you what, faith takes a hold of every opportunity and everything that avails itself. There's a prophecy in, in our, our proverb. Go, go with me to Proverbs verse, uh, chapter, Proverbs, I think it's 18. Turn over there with me to 18. Verse 9, Proverb 18, 9. Says, he who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Now, the Amplified Bible points out, has this note, and it says the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, said, renders this verse this way. And he who does not use his, only inde- his own endeavors, let me read that again. He who does not use his own endeavors to heal himself is brother to him who commits suicide. That's telling me that we have to take advantage of everything in these last days. We can't slack off. We have to take advantage of all that's available using every endeavor we have. Everything that's afforded to us. I tell you what, this gospel of the kingdom has been preached now for 2,000 years and we've come up to the time where the way of the Lord is necessary. It's time that his way is prepared, glory to God. And it's not going to come to pass by people just being weak and, and, and sort of slothful and, I don't, and I'll just take this and take, but I won't take that. I don't care about these blessings, but I want these others. No, we got to go for all of it, praise God. Amen. Amen. Faith takes what's his. Takes it right out, snatches it right out of the jaws of impossibility, right out of the jaws of hell, right out of the jaws of death, right out of the jaws of defeat and power. Just takes it and says, no, it's mine, glory to God. I'm gonna have what's mine. Well, in this revival, we have to have that same violent action. We have to say it's time for God's plan to unfold. It's time for revival to come to this nation, to come to this church, to come to this people, to come to the world. There's a time and the time is now, praise God, for revival. The violent, the violent take it by force. It has to be aggressively seized. says the kingdom of God is suffering violence. It's, it's forcefully advancing, advancing, going forth, forward in strength. And, it, and it's, because, it's it, because the violent people have taken it by force. If we, don't, if we don't seize revival, listen to me, church, if we don't seize revival and take it with that ardent uh, passion that it was talking about, that zeal, If we don't take and lay hold of revival for these last days, it will not advance. It will not go forward strongly. There there is a 
uh, a false teaching out there that says, well, everything's up to God. And if God wills it, it'll come to pass. And it's all according to his timetable. Listen, in Christ, everything has been done for us to provide for us, but we have to act on what has been provided. It is up to the people of God to do something. Don't listen to those people today that say, you know, it's not up to the people of God to do. There's nothing you can do. Just sit back, enjoy the blessings of God. That is wrong. It's It's a false doctrine. It's error, and it doesn't come from God. If, if God intended for you to just sit back and enjoy the blessings of God and there's nothing for you to do to participate in just to just sit back and enjoy it, there'd be no reason for you to be here. He would just save you and take you to heaven. Save you, take you to heaven. Save you and take you to heaven. There wouldn't be any reason to be here. No, he left us here because there's a work to be done. There's a work to be done in this earth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It has to be seized. Oh, yes. Go with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Hallelujah. Glory to God. John 3. And let's look at verse number 26. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, He who is with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all people come to him. All are coming to him. Saying he's taking your crowds. He's stealing your thunder. People are, are, are leaving you and going to him. You should do something. You should call him in and correct him. You should get up and tell everybody that, that, that they need to, uh, uh, you know, need to, to stay home where they belong. Is that what he said? John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. Now we know prophetically that the church is referred to as the bride. And it says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. That would be the Lord Jesus Christ. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. And this is the verse I wanted you to see. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. Let that sink in today. He must increase, but I must decrease. How does that fit in with the violent taking it by force? With the violent taking uh, what is theirs and, and, and acting on it and claiming the fullness? How does our decrease fit in with that? says he must increase, but I must decrease. It's there, there, the time has arisen, church, where every one of us, every one of us must realize, we must come to see that we all have a part to play in this end time revival. Every one of us 
has a part to play. Every one of us has a responsibility. What does decrease mean? It means putting your own selfish agendas and natural plans aside and humbly submitting yourself to the hand of the Lord in these last days. Too many of us for too long have have sat on the sidelines because we were too busy with our natural lives. We were too increased with ourselves, our own purposes, our own plans, our own pursuits. That's what Dad Hagen's book is all about, plans, purposes, and pursuits. We have to lay aside our plans and, and, and stop seeking after our own purposes and going our own way and, and following after our own pursuits. We have, to, we have to humble ourselves enough to realize and accept the fact that it's not about us, it's all about him. Well, I don't come to church on Sunday night because, you know, I don't get that much out of it. Yeah, it's all about you. That's why you don't come to church on Sunday night because it's all about you. Well, I don't need it. Well, I'm tired. Well, I go on Sundays in the morning and that ought to be enough. It's all about you. We'll have a youth service on Sunday night and half the church that does come on Sunday night that usually comes stays out. Because, well, it's just the youth. I don't get anything out of that. Yeah, that's just all about me. Well, it's, it's, it's not suited to my needs. It's not. So, what about somebody else? What about training the youth? What about giving them the, the opportunity to step in, the, in that place of ministry and learn what it means to be in front of people and to be leaders in the worship of God and in the testimony of his grace? What about supporting somebody else beside yourself? Amen. 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 Well, we're just going to have, you know, a Father's Day sermon. Well, guess what? (laughs) Turn with me to Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans chapter 12. Well, I tried coming to prayer on Monday nights, but you know, I I never did get much out of it. Well, bless your holy name. I must decrease. What's about me has to be put aside. I have to come to the place where I realize that, that revival depends on me. It depends on me. It depends on you just as much as it does me. I said it depends on you just as much as it does me. Romans chapter 12, verse three. I say to you through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. It didn't say not to think highly of yourself. How could you not think highly of yourself? You've been bought by the blood of the lamb, praise God. You're redeemed, glory to God. You're a child of God. You can't help but think highly of yourself. He said, don't think more highly than you ought to think. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has dealt to each one of us 
a measure of faith to go along with the call and the equipping that's on our own individual lives. God has dealt to each one of us a purpose. God has dealt to each one of us a part in this great plan. And it's easy to think more highly of yourself by thinking, well, you know, I really don't get anything out of that and, you know, this is really not for me and I don't really like those kinds of services where people run and shout and dance. People that think like that, there's nothing that, there would be nothing better for them than to run and shout and dance. (laughs) Isn't that right? (laughs) Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Come down a notch. Decrease so that he can increase. He will only increase in your life to 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 the level that you decrease before him. And allow his plan and his will to flow through you. Glory to God. I'm talking about revival. I'm talking about violent men taking revival, taking it by force, pressing into it, seizing it, laying hold of it, and saying, I'm not willing to wait for another generation to come and, and, and go where we should go. The Lord told Brother Hagin in the 1980s, he said he had preached faith for all those years and the Lord said, I want you to, to, to not focus so much on faith going forward. I want you to teach about the Holy Spirit. He said, because there is a move of God that will be lost to this generation if somebody doesn't go out and teach them. Well, I'm telling you, it's been remarkable how much has been lost since his passing. We were talking about that this week at, at, at lunch one day. And there's not enough, listen, the generation that's coming behind us, they don't have this. Brother Hagen was, was a prophet of God that God raised up for these last days to get the church in position to receive the Lord. And to flow with the Spirit in the last days. And there, are, there is a remnant of us who, who received the impartation that he brought. This church is a remnant church. But in the Word of Faith camp, so many have fallen aside. They don't even have the move of the Spirit anymore. They don't allow it in their churches. They're embarrassed. If you ask, them, is your church a, a Pentecost or a... Oh, no, 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 don't... Shh. We've got it in our doctrine. It's buried back there. If you go through 14 pages, you can find it. So we're still all right. They don't allow the move of God. Well, well, the Lord said it'll be lost to this generation if somebody doesn't teach them. Well, we're that generation that was taught. Listen, the next generation doesn't have this revelation. I'm saying the, rev, the generation that's coming behind us doesn't have this. We can't wait on the next generation to usher in the return of the Lord. We can't wait on the next generation. They're not following. Amen. We can't wait. Just because, just because the others that went before us weren't able to take us in. You know, it says concerning John the Baptist. Go back over there. Go, go to uh, 
Matthew 11 again. Matthew 11. Are you out there this morning? What did you go out to see? A reed shaken by the wind? This is verse 7. What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Now listen, assuredly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Jesus said there's not been a prophet. There's not, there's not risen a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Among men, born. this is talking about uh, Moses. This is talking about David. This is, t- this is talking about Elijah, Elisha, Isaiah, Jeremiah. He said none of them equal in stature, John the Baptist. It's not been a man born among women who's been a greater prophet than John the Baptist. We look at our prophets and we say, ooh, Kenneth Hagin, what a prophet. He was. He said the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. So we can't sit around and pine because we didn't go in when Brother Hagin was here that he didn't take us to that place that, that God had for us and the church didn't usher in. He, we weren't able to, for whatever reason, to walk in. We can't sit around and say, well, those men have gone now. What are we gonna do? No, it's this generation. That's right, that's right. It's this generation. It's right here in this house. It's right, I said it's right here in this house. The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than all that have gone before because we can go in. We can take the land. We can have revival. for today it's not for tomorrow the group coming behind us they're discounting it they're watering it down they're saying it no longer counts it no longer applies oh glory to God he must increase I have to decrease so that he can increase God is looking for somebody to go after it to be strong and to forcefully Take it for himself. And when the Lord looked around in Isaiah, he said, I'm looking for somebody to go. Isaiah lifted his hand and said, here am I, Lord, send me. The Lord didn't choose him, he chose himself. He said, over here, Lord, I'll go. Will you go? Will you lay hold of revival in your own life? Will you take it by force? Will you be one that'll say, Lord, I'll go, I'll speak, I'll send me. I'll carry revival. I'll carry it in my bosom. I'll, I'll let you burn, ignite this thing on the inside of me and I'll go where you send me to go. I'll be a flaming firebrand everywhere I go, just setting people on fire, calling people into the kingdom of God, sharing his grace and mercy, letting his power work in me. I'm here, I'll, you send me, I'll go. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Timothy 2. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy 2. Glory to God. Second Timothy 2. Verse number 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver. And he's talking about a great house. He's talking about a rich man's house, a big palace, mansion, fancy house, big house. He said, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver. They're on display. He said, but there are also vessels of wood and clay. They're not necessarily on display. Some are for honor. Some are for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, the dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Hallelujah. I'm just going to let that, just let you simmer in that all this week. I'm going to stop here. Take that verse home and read it. Meditate in it. Glory to God. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Here we are, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. We're willing to decrease. We're willing to become small in our own eyes. We're willing to lay aside our own desire, the things that keep us so busy, the things that consume so much of our desire, the things that we're all about, the things that people, if they characterized us, the things they would say about us, what kind of people we are, what our passions are. We're willing to lay such things aside, decrease in our own abilities, in our own pursuits. Glory to God that you may increase in our lives. Increase, increase, increase. Glory to God. Father, we realize that we are living in the last days. And we are the terminal generation. No one else, Father, is going to lay hold of your power unless we and others like us unless we stir ourselves up to lay hold of our power, of your power, Lord. Glory to God. So, Father, we we consecrate ourselves today. We consecrate ourselves. Glory to God. To be vessels unto honor. Sanctified. Useful for the Master. Prepared for every good work. Lord, we realize that you don't prepare us. We prepare ourselves. 
You don't set our you don't set us aside. We set ourselves aside for you. Glory to God. And so we make the consecration today. Father, to pray, to act, to live, to walk for and in revival. It just means that it has to be the most important thing in our life. You're the most important thing, but this is what you want. This is, this is the, the kingdom of heaven that Jesus preached. This is the move of, of, of yours that you have ordained. The revival, Father, is something that you have planned. A great end time revival. And so it has to be the, 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 the most important thing in our lives. We have to recognize our day of visitation and act accordingly. Move with the day. Move with the flow. Move with the anointing of God. Glory to God. And we, we purpose in our hearts, Lord, to do that. To do that very thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many violent people do I have this morning? How many people have stirred themselves up and say, I will lay hold of what God is doing in these last days. I'll lay hold of what God is doing. Well, I've failed in the past. Listen, put, put, that, put, out, put that out of your mind. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with your past. Well, I, I, I don't have all the talents other people have. doesn't make any difference. You are a, 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 a part of this kingdom of heaven. You have a part to play, a role to, to, to fulfill. Amen. How many of you raise your hand and say, Lord, you can count on me. I'm here. I'm here. You can send me, Lord. I'll go. I'll go. I'll be that one. I'll be that one that'll take my place in prayer. I'll be that one that'll take my place in obedience to the, to the anointing, to the flow of the Spirit, to the move of God. I'll take my place. I'll go. Send me. Send me. I'm not waiting on you to send somebody else. Send me. I'm going. Just send me, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you're available, if you're really available, God will send you. I said, if you make yourself available, God will send you. And just like John the Baptist, they came to him from everywhere. When you have revival in you, people will seek you out. I said, if you have revival in you, people will seek you out. They will come to you. If you have revival stirring in you, people around you will know it. And if you don't have it, nobody will know it. Nobody will know you have anything. I love it. Sister Edna, every time I see her, she says, Pastor, I'm in revival. If you're not in revival, people won't see anything in you. I said, if you're not in revival, people won't see anything. There are too many things that are distracting in this life. People don't even see the fact that you live a, a, a holy life. They don't even see that. They're so blinded by darkness. They have to see revival. There has to be a spirit of revival in you. And the hardest hearts, 
the toughest people out there, they'll, they'll crumble in the face of a person with real revival in them. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we thank you today. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shesumra kahadestenebe. Mengali vrasa dara uja samaj deneriki de ishtavreki sida. Desunuku labraha kede. Ye velo dudushta angese. Isha ashte eshte oto. O solebe keti ambakadere. Jandosta kahadele dira. Mengere isoka esele kinere. Ah, the call. The call from heaven has gone out and is going out. And those who heed the call, those whose ears are opened unto the cry of the Holy One, those who have ears to hear, as the Lord says, will hear the cry of the Lord and the call of God. And they'll rise up in this, in this last day and in this last hour and take the, the, the plan, the purpose, the move, the glory of God and demonstrate it to those around them. They'll walk in the fullness of his power. They'll walk in the assurance of his grace. They'll walk in the strength of his countenance and the glory of his presence will shine through them the least in the body, the least in the family, the least in the kingdom of heaven, full of light and full of glory and full of power is greater than any need, than any circumstance, and greater than the darkness around. So rise up in his power, rise up in his fullness, and know that you are the called of the Lord. You are the anointed of the Lord. You are the sent of the Lord, and he'll go with you, he'll shine in you, he'll live through you, and his power will be poured out through you, and victory and glory will come, and people will see and rejoice and turn to the Lord and great and marvelous and wonderful will be the receiving of it in Jesus name. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.